You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today in our conversation and welcoming to the conversation our guest, psychotherapist and betrayal navigation coach, Kaylee Dunn. If you have not heard of Kaylee Dunn before, you're definitely going to want to go check her out on TikTok. That's how Alana and I found her. She specializes in betrayal trauma, PTSD, complex trauma. She's a betrayal resilience coach, and I love her upcoming program on resiliency. She's an author and instructor. And we have a special announcement for you at the end of today's episode, so be sure to hang in there with us. We start off today joining together on Zoom, and I just hit record because I always tend to forget to hit that. So you're joining in on the conversation literally as we're just naturally leading into our topic today about the central nervous system. This is Kaylee's jam. She loves talking about it, and I personally love the way that she describes it the metaphors that she uses. So cannot wait for you to hear our conversation today. Here we go. But Alana and I, we don't have a script. <laughs> We're just... It's all good. That's me. I'm just like, wing it. We just talk and just see where the conversation goes. But you did mention that we are prepared to focus in on the central nervous system. I know that's, you had mentioned that's what you like talking about. And we really haven't done an episode around the central nervous system. So I was like, perfect. Let's have you introduce it. And maybe we can do some mini episodes after because I know you're going to give us a lot of good nuggets, but I think that's just going to be such a great convo. So awesome. If you're okay with that, we'll just. It's my jam for sure. I'm really curious. Why is that your jam? Tell me what kind of. So my focus, I do have some focus on the central nervous system, the brain and the spinal cord, but I do tend to focus more on the peripheral nervous system, which including that autonomic. So that's where you have your fight, flight, freeze. And really with my own personal experience 15 years ago, well, not fully, but of discovering betrayal in my life and healing from it, that was just a really crucial component was was so that's where my focus lands is that yeah it's just components so yeah well that's the part that drew me to your language as I was listening to you is the make friends with and it can be really triggering for those who are early in trauma like oh, I for sure because like, I, I hate, hate that part of me thing. yeah exactly no I hate triggers I hate all of it but that's similar to the language that I use also with my clients is no we need to learn to We'll start with acknowledging. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You know, like, just not us. <laughs> I know you're here. And then take steps. But ultimately, I've learned to love my triggers because I can see their use. Mm-hmm. I see what the meaning behind it, the purpose of it, and see how it's working for me rather than against me. And just that yeah. flip is so empowering. And yeah. first, that's my word. So. I like your language around around all of that as well. I think a lot of our listeners are coming in who are in their beginning stages. And so I think, Kaylee, if you're open to just giving some really first basic information yeah. about what's happening in with their bodies, I think that would be a really good place to start. Yeah, we'll do. And we'll be gentle. I always assume everybody's in the crisis phase because... 
we've all been there. So whether we're there in this moment or not, <laughs> good to yeah. be sensitive to that. Yeah. So what does that look like then? When the crisis stays in the yeah. beginning stages. So, I mean, I think that everybody's going to be a little bit different, right? And that where our nervous system state is at DJ, if you will, right? That disclo disclosure discovery day is going to be somewhat influenced by our past experiences with crisis and betrayal. And so some people at the day are going to go into full collapse immediately and just be like, it can be a full collapse into like depression, but it could also be, I don't even care, jaded, like, what's the point? All men are this way. Just let him do whatever he wants. And you can actually have that, I call it survival response to the betrayal right out the gate. Many people, if they don't have a history of trauma, will start in a fire or a flight response or, or a flee, right? Like a fight or a flight. It's like the automatic go-to if you have no other history. But if you have a childhood filled with events where you were treated poorly and felt crisis and felt attachment wounding, and no matter how much you fought and how much you fleed, ran away from it, it kept happening, you're going to learn to fawn, right? You're going to learn to figure out how to perfect and please. Does that work with mom and dad or teacher or friend, right? does okay so that didn't work so then I might go into a freeze or a flop so it really is influenced by what happens previous but I think it's essential to let people know that even if you didn't have a traumatic childhood right that betrayal is going to be traumatizing it's going to be chaotic because I've worked with so many people who are like well, my dad was abusive. And so my partner's telling me that I'm only caring about his hidden porn use because of my dad. Or, you know, my, my dad cheated on my mom. And so I'm only, I'm sensitive. I'm, I have insecurities and it's just because of my past. And I want to say, no, 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 hold up. Betrayal is an attachment wound, period. Right. And even if you magically walked out of a perfect home that existed, like who has that? No one. But like, let's pretend there's such a thing. And you have this perfect, secure attachment. Betrayal is traumatizing. So that's really important for us to like put that foundation down. But when you say, what does crisis look like? It's going to look different depending on our history. Right? Yeah. I love that you slowed that down because I think that I see a lot of partners who have betrayed trying to find some way of living with themselves. And so they will, if there is past sexual abuse or past trauma or other attachment wounds in their past, they're almost looking to share some of the pain here. And so they will pull those things from the past. And that's a lot of work I've done with those who are betraying of helping them separate that. So I think I love that you sold that down because I think it's really important for partners to be able to recognize that, yes, I have this own separate attachment wound and the way that trauma links things in our brain. Now our traumas have been linked together and we do have to do work around all of them right. and the connection, but we have separate wounds. Right. And accountability on the part of the betrayer, the betraying partner has to be full accountability for pain because it doesn't matter who this person was and what their past was. This was going to be painful. Like you said. Exactly. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what's coming to my mind is I'm putting myself in the situation of 
someone who's new to the journey, trying to figure out, okay, well, what do I do with this? I'm wondering if it would be helpful. Tell me what y'all think. I'm wondering if it'd be helpful to go through maybe some of like those trauma responses, the fight, flight, freeze. And we've done, I think, an episode on this before, Alana, where we've identified what those might look like. So what if we start with when you've identified where you're at, now what? So okay. if I'm in freeze, now what? Yep. If I'm in fight, now what? So definitely, once you're able to say, okay, I know I break them into like the different elements. So fire, have you seen this? Yeah. So I love this. Like, fire is fire. It's like your superpower because I'm a nerd. So. So it's like, what is your inner survivor's superpower? And again, that can feel so cheesy and like at the beginning, because you're like, no, I hate this part of me. I hate that I'm freezing or I hate that I'm collapsing or I hate that I'm throwing lamps or whatever you're doing. Right. But so fight mode, I call fire. That's like your fire survivor. And that's like the way that your nervous system is helping you survive this primal level threat. Because we interpret attachment wounding as a primal level threat, just like a cave woman would experience a lion in the camp. And then flight is wind. Freeze is ice. Friend, I call it friend. It's a combo because there's two different manifestations. We have fawn, which we all know as like, I'll do whatever it takes. I will people please. I will perfect. I will perform. But we also have fix which is more my go-to which is like i will therapize you i will get a graduate degree to you right like i will do i will read all books there's that fix part that combines to friend and i call that water right because i will mold and i will be fluid into whatever container and shape i need to be to survive and what all of these well hold on i'll get to that and then the last is collapse which i call stone and all of these have been pathologized massively. And are there mental illnesses that include some of this? Absolutely. But especially water is very often associated with the codependency label, right? Is like, oh, you're codependent. And the fir my first introduction to all of this in 2007 was there weren't very many books available at the time, as you may know. And I'm reading books and there's like five pages at the end about the codependent partner, right? And yeah. you just read this big, long thing about maybe your, maybe your partner's your child molester, right? You, it was all extreme. And, and then pathologizing, I just threw that in the trash. I was like, this is garbage. Did I have a lot of those friend survivor responses? Absolutely. But it didn't feel like my personality and it wasn't, it didn't feel like me. And so anyway, the reason I like to associate these with the elements is because fire can power a city. It can also destroy a city. And so our inner survival, and same with water. Water can, a flood can take out a whole city, but we need it for sustained growth and to fuel our crops and all the things, right? Yeah. All of these different parts. We need a solid foundation for stone is collapse, right? We need that solid foundation. There's so many strengths associated with that type of survivor survival. Yeah. There's an insulation when it comes to collapse, right? That tries to protect us from pain. And it often does. Most of the women I know who went into collapse, it was usually after the birth of a child. And they said, you know what? I knew he was cheating on me, but I was able to go back into illusion and just not care and tell myself all men are this way. And that protected me and my baby 
during those early stages, right? So there's these beautiful strengths that come just like these elements. So I don't remember where I was going with that, but I think you said what happens once we recognize. So you might say, okay, I got a little fire. I got a little water. Like those are my type. You might already recognize automatically where, where you are. The very first stage, and we talked about this earlier, is not necessarily being like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love my inner survivor. <laughs> like we're not going to do that, right? Because it's also causing chaos in your life and it feels not great in your body. Your heart is racing. Your muscles are pulsing. You're exhausted. You feel paralyzed. You feel sometimes betrayed by your own body. I don't like to call it a betrayal because I think it really is your inner survivor doing its best to keep you safe. Absolutely. But it can feel like a betrayal. And I'll honor that space, like that reality that you might be mad at the way that you're responding. You might really be frustrated with that. In fact, where this method, one space, there's lots of spaces where this method and way to talk about betrayal came to me was that I was teaching just the foundations of betrayal courses back in the day, like Lana knows. And, and I would have a groups of 12 women three or four days a night or three or four nights a week teaching the foundations of betrayal. And whenever we would talk just about the basics of the nervous system, I would have, everyone would share where they feel like they're coming from. And every single person would say, well, I'm having a fight response and this is what I'm doing. You know, I'm snooping all the time. I'm yelling at my partner. I'm, you know, snapping at my kids and da, 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 right. And then someone would say, well, I'm totally frozen and I wish I was snapping at my husband and I wish I could say all the things in my heart. And the fire mode would say, well, I wish I was frozen. And and, was, and they would all look at each other like, I wish I could survive like you. So we all tend to not love the experience we're having. And so that beginning stage isn't necessarily jump straight from, wow, this is really painful and chaotic. And I feel like my body's betraying me too. This is amazing. We just, the very first thing we do is pause and observe, right? That thing that we all hate. And it is really just the recognition of when I'm in it, I can go, oh, this is what I'm doing and just label it. I know for me, in my own betrayal healing journey, there was a moment where, um, because my husband would get into freeze often. And for him, I know this isn't the case for all moments of stonewalling. Uh, there are many people who stonewall in intentionally, but for him, he was having a freeze response and he would stonewall um, or just shut down. While I, so I'd ask a question, then we'd sit there for five minutes in silence and I was like tearing my skin off, but I would get frozen and we'd just sit there in this battle of the frozen wills but not on purpose it was horrible and yeah. I remember a moment a huge turning point for me this is probably 10 years ago sitting in this horrible feeling of dark I call the dark cloud where you're just like slogging through time and I asking him a question and him shutting down and just realize like just going I'm frozen right now and just having the awareness created enough thawing for me to go, I don't want to sit here anymore and stand up and walk away rather than sitting through 20 minutes of silence and wanting to pull my hair out. Yeah. And so just having a word, even if I don't love it, even if it's a miserable experience, which it is most of the time, to be able to say, oh, I'm in a freeze response. That's what's happening to my body. It's happening. And that's another thing, help, helping you recognize it's happening to you. So it's not something that you were like, 
trying to do. It's not something you were doing on purpose. And it's not something that um, you got to shame yourself for. Like, oh my gosh, I got into a fight mode. Instead, it's like, okay, now that I know I'm in a fight mode, now that I know that I'm in my fire survivor, my fire survivor's active. She's taking the microphone. She's like, I'm in charge, boys. Here we go. We ride at dawn, right? Once I know that, I can go, okay. I can just observe it and I can push a gentle pause. And that's the start, right? Then yeah. we've got all, that's not the end. And that's something that's important to tell your inner survivor too, that the pause isn't the end. The regulation of the nervous system, which we can talk more about, isn't the end. That's for my program. That's the first third. Now, then we've got connecting with your intuition and we've got boundaries and decision-making, right? We've got more to do, but right. at the beginning stage, that's so important to just start to observe and to notice and know what it feels like in your body and to spend time practicing naming and noticing and going this is what it is yeah as objective no I love that it's falling in line with the three tools I teach awareness acceptance and and agency and yeah, I love that it. stopping and being aware and then just that acceptance and even taking up the space I love your example you're like I'm frozen that's that acceptance you're yep. and saying it out loud helps tap into the five senses and bring you yep. back to reality so even just that example right there is a great one to to show how you're starting to regulate that nervous system out of the freeze by just stating out loud that you're in freeze. And then that helps you take the the action, that agency, like movement, whether it's to get a drink of water, you got up and left. Mm -hmm. Just those steps help that nervous system realign. So I love, well, exactly. love that. And, and the more often we, I love that acceptance word, observation and acceptance are huge because when we do that and we're able to name it and we're able to then eventually do some movement, especially from freeze, if we're talking about freeze and, and have some intentional movement, yeah. we send, we send that message back to our nervous system that says, I didn't die. Right. Because yeah. that's really what my nervous, my inner yes. survivor, I always picture her. My therapist was like, she's like Xena, warrior princess, but you can picture her however you want your own little inner survivor. Right. But she's just, we're going to die and I'm going to keep you safe. There's a lion in the camp. There's a lion in the camp. We got to keep you safe. And so when that happens, whenever you do what you just described, your process, I love that when there's an observance and there's an acceptance and then eventually a safe movement in, in the direction of safety. So if it's a boundary or whatever you're doing, right? Right. Maybe in that moment, the boundary is just walking out of the room. Whatever that is, you send that, it's a feedback loop to your body saying, I didn't die. And that builds that resilient nervous system. And the resilience we know isn't about I used to call my program building resilience after betrayal, but people thought I meant like get betrayed over and over again. So I had to change it. But the building the resilient nervous system is actually about flexibility and being able to, to have that clear-headed decision-making, right? Yeah. Right again. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's that neuroplasticity, right? Exactly. And just the all of the healing, which I'm going to just plug right now because your new program comes out really soon, right? Yeah, the end of September. Yeah. Yeah, it's launching really soon. So I'm super excited about that because it's all in that resiliency and mm -hmm. building that up. Post-traumatic um, growth. Yep. I love it. I love it. So. Yep. Yep. Okay. So my brain is going somewhere a little off topic, but not Let's off topic. And I don't want to stay here, but the thought that's going through my head. And when you had mentioned your husband, that uh -huh. he was into the collapse and that it wasn't for him, it wasn't that he was trying to stonewall you and manipulate you. 
it was he was having his own response. Yeah. And I just, these tools that we're talking about today, because we do have some betraying partners listen to us. Uh-huh. I just, I want to highlight that and just say these tools are for all of us. Yeah. All of us have these fight, flight, or freeze. And the amount of partners that I see who do struggle with this is pretty significant. And so even as you're talking, my brain's like, oh, do we have this built into our men's program of really helping them get in tune with their nervous system and help them learn how to re-regulate? And yeah, for my therapy work with addicts, it's been, or, or people just with problematic sexual behavior, whether there's an addiction or not, it's been a huge component of that work I've done too. My, my coaching program is for women betrayed partners as of right now, but it absolutely can be. And I want to speak especially to the betrayed partners listening. Not always, like I mentioned before, right? There certainly are cases where someone who's a betraying partner is intentionally gaslighting, is intentionally manipulating, is intentionally stonewalling, is raging out due to entitlement, like just the belief that I'm allowed to rage out on people, right? And the other, and there are those that feel trapped in cycles within their nervous system and there needs to be treatment there. And then the other piece I want to add for the betrayed partner is that even if your partner, uh, your betraying partner, whether that's an addiction or from narcissism or from whatever, right? Even if they are in a nervous system state, like my husband, you can still set boundaries. In fact, you need to still set boundaries around, right? And so when you start to shift, and I'll give you just a brief overview, right, of how I talk about things. When you start to shift from, okay, I'm starting to make friends with my inner survivor a little bit. Maybe I'm not friend friends, but I'm like, okay, I see you, girl. I see you. You're there. You're trying to keep me safe. And you start to shift into what I call your inner sage, which is more of your ventral vagal, where your prefrontal comes online, your prefrontal cortex, you're allowed to start, you can start thinking deeper. You have an access to that inner wisdom that I think there was, Amy, you might've posted something recently about this online, but that like cool, calm, confident part of you, when you bring, that's the part that's going to actually be better able to sense the intention of your partner. We have cheater detectors. Go Google it. It's crazy. There's something called cheater detectors in our nervous system. Our cheater detectors aren't super great at determining what's cheating behavior, but it is good at at determining the intention of another person. But when we're in fight or flight, everybody's a bad guy, right? Because our Xena warrior princess is like, back lion, back. Everybody's a bad guy. And it's a good thing. It's important. It's important for us to have a lot of type two errors where we see danger where there's not danger because that keeps us safe, right? But once we get into that inner thrive or inner sage space, we can start to sense. And that's where it came from me was like, he's doing this on purpose. Like when I'm in my inner survivor, and we'll just go to that example with my husband in the freeze moment, right? I'm like, he's literally sitting here making me wait for seven minutes. I, I stared at a clock. Like, He's still not answering my question. He's trying to formulate some answer. And I was like, you know, we almost got, we, anyway, long story there. But when I got into my inner thrive space and my inner stage space, I was like, oh, he's a hot mess. Which <laughs> I could tell like, oh, he's frozen. And that doesn't work forever. So he's got, I needed to set some boundaries around him getting support and help if we were going to make this marriage work. But that's different from he's messing with me and trying to make me feel like crap, right? It was like, oh no, he has all kinds of stuff and that needs to be worked on. 
in order for this marriage to survive because yeah, we can't both just be sitting here and freeze all the time. I really hope everyone who's listening to you can see, can really hear what you're saying and see how important this piece is to learning how to trust yourself again. Absolutely. Just what you mentioned there. And I, I just wanted to highlight that really quick because when you're not trying to pathologize him or d- diagnose him or get over there and you go back into your inner space and in that ventral vagal and trust what you're sensing, which is why it's so important for you to do all these things that we're talking about here. That's right there is where you start to rebuild that self-trust, which as we know, just tanks after all of this. So I love that you broke it down like that. Yeah. And remember that our, that thing that you described where we're focused on him and we're focused on what's the diagnosis and putting all the, you know, what's he doing to me? The camera's up and watching the camera and looking at their, okay, their screen time's not lining up with their app time and doing all of that. That's all inner survivor work. So it's okay. Right. Right. It's not, oh, you're controlling and you're crazy and you're toxic, blah, 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 whatever. Because we can hear that, unfortunately, from some influencers and therapists and people. And really, they're just saying, I don't like the way you survive. You should survive like me. That's usually what they're saying. Right. Those are all survivor behaviors. And just like fire, it'll burn you to the ground when not harnessed the right way. So but when we say, "Okay, I really want to go check the screen time. And maybe I will later when I'm in my ventral vagal. But right now, I'm going to notice that. I'm going to be aware of it. I'm going to do some down regulation. And so some stuff we didn't really talk about quite yet. What to do next? You do want to not to punish your inner survivor, not to say, because I've really heard the term self-care weaponized. I've had, I don't know if you guys have had clients come from other therapists before, but I've, or, or what I'll have is a betrayed client that comes to me and the husband is with a different therapist. And it's usually the betrayer's therapist that's telling the betrayer, well, she needs to do more self-care and then she wouldn't be so crazy, right? Uh Um, And so self-care has been weaponized against your inner survivor of like, oh, you you don't want to scream at him anymore? Then you better whip that inner survivor into shape by taking bubble baths or whatever, right? Uh, That works, right? And you're like, oh, I'm sure. No, (laughs) right? And we can get really defensive when people invite things like yoga. There's this this cartoon in the New York Times. I don't know if you guys have seen it. There's like a series of them, but one is like, this woman is burning at the stake and someone's like, have you tried yoga? And then there's like someone drowning and they're like, have you tried meditation? So it can be so weaponized that when the concept of yoga or meditation comes up, it's just like, are you kidding me? This is the answer again. And that's how I felt anyway. I went through this, whatever, 15 years ago. So yoga wasn't on the scene yet as like, I mean, it was, but it wasn't like as big as it is now and all that. But, but even when things did come up, I remember going to this therapist, well-meaning guy, and he just like, you know, I came in, I'm like, I'm bleeding out. Like I've been hit by a cannonball wound. And he's like, I'm going to leave you in a dark room. And I want you to just focus on the number one for 10 minutes. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, what? you know, you're handing me this bandaid. And these skills like yoga, meditation, mindfulness, grounding. And there's a lot of, you know, things that really help build vagal tone breath work, so many different things, right? Um, Yeah. Practices that we can put into practice, build that vagal tone, or in other words, your your vagus nerve has three main states. One is sympathetic, which is your fight, flight, 
sometimes your friend can be in there. Uh, and there's dorsal vagal, which can be your freeze and flop. Dorsal vagal, uh, freeze kind of moves around too. But then you have ventral vagal and that's your inner sage. And so in order to really create that nervous system flexibility, we are going to practice tools. It can be just a daily walk, right? You get bilateral stimulation, you regulate your nervous system, connecting with safe people. So once you get going in this, especially if you're like me and you've been in this work for a long time, you're going to be like, wait, these are all the things that my therapists and groups and everyone's been telling me to do. It's like, yeah, I'm going to tell you the why rather than yeah. just go take care of yourself. I'm going to tell you what we're doing is, is providing nurturing care for your inner survivor. And we're saying, hey, girl, you're not going to die. It feels like it. I know. I got you. I see you. And I'm going to take this information into consideration. 100%. He walked out of the bathroom with his phone. That's mm -hmm. a danger cue. I'm not ignoring that, but we can't make our next step until we get a little bit. We got to hand the microphone over to the inner stage, right? We got to hand the whatever wheel over to the prefrontal, the judgment center, all of that. Because our inner survivor is great at protecting, detecting, inspecting, not so much at the planning and the judgment calls and the making the long-term decisions and getting you to your future goals, right? Right. And so that next phase, you say, okay, so I know I'm in fire mode. That's what I do. I yell or I get so frozen. And I've been in this marriage 20 years being abused because I'm just so paralyzed. What do I do? Start by shifting that gently, gently, gently. Shift that focus to self. Pause, observe, and start practicing some nervous regulation skills so that in the moment of freeze, you can go, okay, I'm going to go to the other room and put on some headphones and do a meditation and get back into my grounded self, right? Or I'm going to just dig my toes into the ground, take some big belly breaths, put some pressure on the vagus nerve. I'm going to call my friend and we're going to talk like, right? Your 12-step group. That's the benefit. People are like, I don't like the concept of 12-step. I don't like the message or there's victim blaming or I don't like the religion part. And I'm like, dude, it's free connection. That's your nervous system regulation right there. So groups are beautiful, whether they're free or not, right? If you don't like the concepts and that's too triggering, I get that too. And you can go to paid spaces as well. But these connections where you can connect with another human being is so regulating for a nervous system. Maybe not at first, right? For some people, it's like, I hate people. But uh, over time, that really is a huge co-regulation is huge for a nervous system. So all these things that, especially if you've been in this a while, you're like, well, I know I'm supposed to do all that. Well, here's your why. It's because it's going to strengthen bagel tone. It's going to give you nervous system flexibility, and it's going to get you in that place where you can push pause and start to make those choices for your long term. Yeah. Rather well, than all of it. There's so many pieces here, right, that it serves when we tap into this. I mentioned the neuroplasticity, but even the emotional processing, Yeah, right? When your amygdala and hippocampus that is responsible for all those emotions and when it feels like the emotions are attacking us yeah, yes, <laughs> rather exactly. than us in charge of them. And so realigning helps that the emotions process, the stress response and completing that stress response, which is also a huge part. That is and a then huge you part. mentioned the attachment system is all part of this too. So there's so many pieces to the healing and resilience building that lie in this work of of the nervous system. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Pretty amazing. Um, and it feels complicated. And I know I listed like 
grounding and yoga and this and that and that. But remember, if you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, that's you already said a hundred things I'm never going to remember. That's okay. One thing, two right. things, right? Start right. with, if right now you're just like swimming in survival mode, that's okay. One thing, taking a walk for 20 minutes in the morning in the sunshine. Is yeah. gonna, breathing. That was for me. Breathing. I'm like, just yeah. intentionally belly breathing. Like, let's just stop and like, yeah, you don't even have to leave your house, right? <laughs> I was always holding my breath. I would, and I would stop and just be like, like a gasp because I didn't realize how much I was holding my breath. And so just starting to consciously breathe was like triumph. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. It doesn't have to be big. You don't have to leave your house. You don't need a new pair of shoes unless you want a new pair of shoes. You don't need a new journal unless you're like me and you need a new journal because it's a new journal. You just need one. But you don't need any of that, right? It's it's just picking one thing and starting there will be massively huge. We know this is something I thought was super cool in, in some of the research I've done. Like just making the change, any change, small change, what that does is it teaches your brain it can make changes, Yeah. right? So yeah. just like you're saying, like, Learning, oh, I don't have to hold my breath. I could take a big belly breath. That's actually a massive neurological shift, even though on the outside, a fly on the wall is like nothing changed. Yeah. You're like, your brain is massively changing with that. And it's that first step. And after that, everything starts to get a little bit easier because yeah, once your brain you knows, oh, I can make this shift, that's a big neurological, they see it in the fMRIs, right? You can see where the pathways change course and you're teaching your brain. Like I can do something different. And that's huge. Ama it's amazing. Yeah. Totally. Okay. So we've been talking about people who are in the beginning, but if we have time, I want to switch gears for just a minute because we do have quite a few, or I have quite a few clients. I know Amy does too, who are further in the journey and they uh -huh. feel frustrated with like what? Why am I not healing? Like, why am I still having these big triggers? Why can I not regulate my system? And I know that the answer is very complex and it all comes down to, it depends. Yeah. I would love your thoughts on that for our women who are further along. Yeah. So it depends. I'm just kidding. But it, it is, it's different. Everybody's different. Everybody's story is different. And I think different, for lack of a better term, symptoms, experiences, there are a lot of experiences with betrayal. When I draw the picture, I draw all the different parts of self, like Amy was just describing, our attachment, our emotions, our sociality, our spirituality, our sexuality, our material life with financial and legal, the hundreds of relationships. We are complex beings. Our physiological body, our hormonal system, like our body itself is a thousand systems, right? So like you said, there are so many different things. And when we're betrayed, it influences all of them. So I think that it makes sense that maybe we can work and do some work. And after two or three years, we're like, I'm 90% better. <laughs> but for some of us, those last 10%, it might linger. So intrusive thoughts, they just might be there for quite some time. Or it just depends on the person though, right? Some people, intrusive thoughts are gone right at the beginning. And so it's going to be a complex you know, movement. So I think that a combination of coaching and therapy is really key because, and I used to not think this as a therapist of 15 years, 12 years, I guess. Oh my gosh, how long have I been a therapist? 12 years. I used to think therapy is the answer. 
But I do think a combination is really key here. So being able to do practice, so coaching can help you literally practice setting timers and being accountable to yourself and checking boxes and practicing these things every day. Because as you remember, you're with your clients, you're saying these thoughts are still there. These regulation struggles are still here. But remember, your inner survivor is on 24-7, and she has been for like 15, 20 years for many of my clients, right? Yeah. So yeah. you have to be very intentional. And and so literally setting seven timers a day and checking in with yourself and those types of things that you can do in coaching and these learning and these skill building, right? On the flip side, you, people who have done some coaching might say like, well, that's not cutting it, especially with nervous system regulation. And that's where I think things like EMDR, accelerated resolution therapy, um, somatic experiencing, brain spotting. really brain spotting. <laughs> yes. Yes. I usually add that. Sorry. Brain spotting. <laughs> All of these that really, they are also bottom up or nervous system up treatment modalities can be especially helpful when it comes to the nervous system healing. And remember, we mentioned at the first that no matter who you are, what attachment system you came from, how many wounds you had going into this relationship, how many other people have cheated on you, having a betrayal is traumatic. And if you have a history of being cheated on, if you have a history of betrayal from a parent, abuse is a form of betrayal, right? If you have all of those going on, then it's going to be even that much more complex. And those pieces may need to be, well, most likely will need to be worked with. And things like brain spotting and ART and EMDR are really great at helping you navigate some of those really old wounds that yeah. keep coming up and up and up. So you need both. You need the skill sets. You need to know how to push pause and have the awareness and have the education about your body and how it functions and learn how to tap into your intuition and know how to set boundaries and make those. So all of these really just like rubber hits the road action steps, right? Yeah. The present moment and future thinking stuff. And then therapy is very excellent for that, the past work and really healing and getting the treatment for that kind of stuff too. So yeah. I would say a combination of factors. And while time does not heal this wound, time is on your side. It's your friend, right? So I know for those that I meet who are like, time, I've been doing this 20 years. Remember that the healing started when you started healing, not when the trauma hit. So maybe you've, maybe today's your day one. And we still might be looking at a couple of years of work from the first time you start dealing with it because your inner survivor, your freeze mode or your flop mode or your flight mode, the avoidant parts, right? They were doing their job for 20 years and you're alive. And right. that's a big deal. And I know it sounds, I think to a lot of people, especially in our modern day capitalistic girl boss, woo woo society to say just like I'm alive is a big deal. But like in cave woman days, girl, like you're so right. It's a big deal. Yeah, I got through another day. No, I love that. And you said something in the beginning that ties in. So I'm hearing, first of all, I heard when you are finding yourself activated, not making yourself wrong. And Absolutely. I just, I think that's just so important to it's highlight. It's the shame resilience piece. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's that when you recognize where you're at, don't make yourself wrong. And I think that's really what I see a lot when women come or like, I'm still here. 
I'm still in this because they think it's wrong. They think they should be somewhere else. Yeah. Well, I remember just it was like I'd been married six months and I'm like, we're still here and it's been six months and then a year and a half. We're still here and it's a year and a half and then three years. We're still here and it's three years. And I'm not saying I invite all of you to stick around that long. If that's not your tolerance level, you don't have to. Everyone gets to leave when they're ready and do that in an empowered, regulated place. Right. But but for sure, like we count that clock. And for me, it was big, like the dates. It was like three months and five days ago, seven. Like I was very big into <laughs> the should of how long it's been and why are we not better? And why is this still so painful? And I think that's really normal. And you're going to hate this, but it is it's a survival response, right? Because and we didn't really talk much about this, but I was trying to find my picture for it. I have this image I think you guys would like. You can clip out this part of me looking for my picture, right? Let me find it really quick. Uh, Maybe it's in here. I don't know if I can share it with you anyway, but I draw this figure eight. It's like a figure eight. And oh, there we go. Okay. Okay. We'll just see it on my Canva. So this, we often think about the fight, flight, freeze, friend, and flop circulating the betraying partner after a trigger. But what will happen, again, depending on if in your childhood, how that worked out, or depending on how long you've been with the betraying partner, so often we will start to circulate ourselves with that fight, flight, freeze, friend, and flop. So it can be, I don't look at myself in the mirror and I avoid myself, or I'm on my phone numbing out so I'm not even tied to my own body. Or I'm just telling myself how ugly and gross I am and it feels intrusive and it's these int- where are these intrusive thoughts coming where I hate myself or I'm disgusting or I'm fat compared to these women or I'm comparing myself. That's this fight mode trying to actively fix something to keep you safe. It doesn't feel like it. You're like, man, that's so mean. Like, I'm so mean to myself. But it really is that that part of you that's trying to keep you safe. And So even the parts that seem so, quote, the internet would say toxic, that are problematic, and we can recognize that, the two things can be true. One is that this is trying to keep you safe, and two, it's causing issues and it's causing problems, right? The friend one very gets overlooked, and that's where we just like therapize ourselves to death. Like, I'm going to do all this, I'm going to read all these books, I'm going to do this, and we're doing it all from an activated nervous system, so then we don't actually remember any of it. And we, you know, it just, it's just reading all the books and doing all the things and paying for all the things and nothing seems to change. So sometimes we might not even know that we're still in our inner survivor. But again, we can harness those parts and get unstuck and really start to make the decisions that we want to make. I love that. I love that visual. Well, and as we, start to wrap up the question that comes to mind that I had when I first started and I would get online and like Google, can I heal? Can he heal? Like is healing possible? And I know some of our women are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that I can heal some, but can I really heal? Okay. I love that question. So can you heal Okay, if you're early on, or even if you've been in this a long time and you're still in that survivor state, and again, the longer I say this, the more you're going to start thinking survivor is a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, right? But if you're in the survivor state, are you going to heal the way 
you think you want to heal, maybe not. Because so often when we've gone from, and all of us, Amy, I'm sure you have your path. You guys, we all have our own way that we describe this path from betrayed to a healed person. But I talk about it using the heroin journey. And we start an illusion through betrayal into that awake phase. And then on we go, right? And so often we think that healing means going back into an illusionary state where I am married to this person and it's like, it never happened. It's like, I took a time machine and I made it never happen. And it just, now he and I, cause that's the, I remember like, I remember having jealousy over people. I would just like go to a family gathering or hang out with friends. And I'm like, they don't know. Why doesn't he go marry her? She'll never know. And then she can have a happy life. But I like I wanted to be them who just didn't know. I wanted to take a time machine and go back in time like I never knew, right? Yeah. And if that's what you think it means by healing, like there's no, you, you take an x-ray of it and it's there's no o- obvious example that this happened, that's just not going to happen, right? right? But will you actually, is there the possibility of actually being more resilient, having a more flexible and fluid nervous system? of being more wise that you're not going to get betrayed anymore because you know what to look for and your cheater detectors have learned because you're not in survivor, you're in thrive. So you're actually adapting and adaptive. Can you be in a space where you're not getting flashbacks all the time and you're not thinking about it all the time unless you need to? Absolutely. And that you actually like yourself when you look in the mirror and you love your body. Can you heal all those parts? Absolutely. But is it going to look like before you knew the naive, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but in that, in the naive state that we all were in, at least to some degree before, no. And I know that's like, I'm the bearer of bad news when I say that. So don't hate me. I'm just the message. Don't hate me, listeners. No, we'll back you up. It's so, it's true. It's, but there's it's wisdom, true. there's growth, there's development. And I say yeah. that you, when you really take that step from surviving into thriving, you really become a transgenerational revolutionary. Where now you're someone who, not that you have to get on social media and tell your story or whatever, you don't have to become a coach. You could, but you don't have to. But you become someone who's shifted in your, even if it's in your family and even if you don't have children, but you're shifting the world in a, in a different way because you're saying, I know how to regulate my nervous system. I'm not afraid of my body. And 90% of the world is afraid of their functioning yeah. like feral cats. So you're like, you're a different human being. You're a different species almost on this planet. And that's very revolutionary for people to just interface with someone like you. And does that mean you're never going to get triggered again? No. Triggers are going to come, but you're going to know what to do with them. And I'll tell you, so from personal experience, and I wouldn't say I'm the most magical unicorn on the planet, just a human, but like, let me think of, I don't know if I'll be able to think of an example, but a couple of weeks ago, I got triggered from a betrayal trigger and my husband and I've been married 15 years. We've been together 20 years. And I had a betrayal trigger. And I was like, oh, look at that. Fire mode. Oh, look, I'm triggered. Let me sit with it for a minute. Let my body feel it. Except here you are. Take some breaths. Went for a walk. Called a friend. Regulated my nervous system. And I went, yeah, that thing actually doesn't work for me. So I need to go have a chat with my husband. Let him know what, what was going on and he was like oh my gosh I had no idea and because he's in a recovered place he was like handled that really well with honesty and accountability right lucky me because I didn't cause him to do that that was his choice to get healing and do his work and then we moved on with our lives and it was like I don't know 30 minutes right so 
will they happen 15 years out? Yeah, but it'll be okay. And it won't disturb, disturb your life anymore. Yeah. Is that a long enough answer? Don't get I love it. <laughs> the way your brain works. I think I said this to hope too, of like, I want your brain. I, I love your brain and the way that you just answered that. I don't think could have been answered more beautifully. That was oh. wonderful. I love it. Yeah. And Any- I will say the same. I should pause and say really quickly. I'll say the same. And I've seen this, even though I'm still married in my life and my partner did get into recovery. So some people out there are like, that's why. That's why you're better because he got better. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Because he got better for a long time before I did. And I have so many friends and connections and colleagues and clients, hundreds of clients who their partners don't get into recovery and they can still heal or yep. their and, and or their partners or, or they leave the relationship and they still heal and get into another relationship or not. Right. There's so many different options. And this path to healing is still available to you, whatever your partner decides. Yeah. Do you get to choose that they're going to be healthy and that you can have a bond with them? No, you don't get to choose that. But you do get to choose your life, your body, your nervous system, your empowerment, and what your future looks like. You maybe not get to choose who's in that future always, but you can choose those parts. Yeah. Well, no. And I was just telling up my support group last night, like, I I just had a trigger Monday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And to your to just back up what you said like yes same thing I mean I I didn't stay in the marriage yet two minutes maybe right of like completing that stress cycle and walking myself back into Mm -hmm. like regulation but those parts are parts of you those trauma parts and they're not bad parts nope We've, we're just learning how to be more in charge of them as we practice. And everything that you shared today, just such good nuggets, but just it's practicing all these little tools that, that you shared one step yeah. at a time. And they do make a huge difference. Yeah. I like how you said that. And, and someone gave me the analogy that our inner survivor, that part of us, is like the fire alarms in your house. And we all want to just take out all the fire alarms because what happens after betrayal is they just keep going off all day. And eventually we're like, I just want to get rid of these fire alarms and throw them in the trash. But really it's just learning how to push pause on the fire alarm and then look around your house and determine, is this someone cooking bacon or is my house on fire? Yeah, yeah. And so like you described, and for me, most of the time it is about a two minute process depending on how big the trigger is, right? It is just that like, all right, thank you. Yeah. And now I'm going to go figure it out. And okay, all is well. And, and yeah. then we move on. And sometimes it's not. But in this case, my case, Monday, it was. Mm-hmm. It, and I'm so grateful because it's always going to be like, hey, the tiger's behind the bush. And sometimes I forget, right? And uh-huh. sometimes I get used to that. Or sometimes I'm like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. My brain's like, it's a bad deal. Uh-huh. You're letting go boundary. And so, yeah, it's, I'm look, I look at it as a gift and I will just acknowledge, I remember hearing people stand up and be like, I'm so grateful for my trials. And oh I would just, gosh. I'd walk out and because I was like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. So Amen. I totally Same. get that space. And, but I think what we're talking about here and really the message behind healing in this way with your central nervous system is that there is hope yeah there is hope in healing absolutely absolutely and being patient with yourself and surrounding yourself with patient people which is hard to find sometimes 
but yeah. definitely in support spaces is a good place to find that and clinicians and coaches is really a smart move to, to do because it takes some time, takes some learning and some work. That's the work, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Real Thank quick before Alana wraps up, can you share about, I want you to plug your conference coming up. Oh yes. Okay. Awesome. So I have a conference that I do annually. This is the second year, but I plan on this being an annual conference. I know there are a lot of great ones out there, so go to all of them if you have access to those. But it's free for anyone who wants to join. One of my biggest, if you couldn't tell already, one of my biggest uh, passions is compassion and being gentle with ourselves. And so the conference is called Love You Now, and it's the best and the brightest that come and they speak. They're hand-selected by people. They're people that I know personally because I don't know, I'm just picky. So I don't pick the people that I trust and I see their content and connect with. And they and we all speak on topics that are really about gently shifting from this chaos space to safety and self-care or self-love. And so that's coming up the 19th, let me make sure I got it right. So it's the 19th, 20th, 22nd, and 23rd of September. We're going to have some amazing people come. All you have to do is sign up for free on my website, which isn't quite up yet, but it will be in the show notes when we get there. And then you can hop on live. So it is a live conference. Everyone's presenting live. And there'll be time for Q&A from some pretty awesome people, some pretty big name people. So if you're like... I love conferences, but I never actually get to talk to like these big name people like join and then there'll be Q&A at the end where you can ask your questions and they can answer them in the comment section. And yeah, you sh everybody should come. So you'll free free attendance and then it'll be available to everyone recorded free for a bit after that as well. So if you can't make it, you're like, oh, I already have all these plans on those days. You can still sign up and gain access to the recordings. So beautiful. Yeah, we'll have that in the show notes. Perfect. I love that. And I love chaos to safety and yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Any final thoughts you want to leave with our listeners? I mean, like whenever I speak, I like to say these things and they sound a little trite, uh, but I really hope that people who've been betrayed can hear me as someone who's experienced this, who spent years in survivor mode and who knows deeply the pain and chaos and crying in your closet and laying on the bathroom floor and driving down the street and just being like, Jesus, take the wheel because I don't even want to be here. Like I hear it and I've been there. You make sense. Mm. You may say I'm toxic. People may say you're insecure, blah, blah, blah. You make sense. An abnormal situation I mean, an abnormal response in an abnormal situation is a normal response. So you make sense. You're not alone. Maybe sometimes you wish you were. <laughs> who wants to belong to this club and who wants this to be happening to other lovely people? But you're not alone in that. You don't have to do this all by yourself. I know it's scary and maybe shameful and you don't want to talk and tell people that you're going through this, but you're not alone. The fact that you're here listening to this tells me that you're resilient. You have resiliency in you. The fact that you're seeking answers, you're looking for help, tells me that you've got so, so much going on for you that is going to lead you to greatness. And last is that there's what Alana just said, there's absolutely hope. There is absolutely hope 
for your life to look the way you want it to look. It's been stolen from you. You have been victimized, but you do not. It doesn't have to be like this forever. And you absolutely can have that big, beautiful life that you deserve. And I'll leave you with that. What is beautiful? What a treat. Kaylee, thank you for sharing of yourself, your experience, your brain, all of your healing with our women. So thank they- you for having me. I love, I love it. Love chatting with you too. Too fun. Okay. Well, for all of our listeners, I hope you feel as fed as I do. And thank you, Kaylee. And for our listeners, we love having you with us. And as always, we look forward to seeing you next week. All right, everyone, head over to the show notes where you can get the link to Kaylee Dunn's up and coming Love You Now conference, the end of September. And I am so excited and thrilled to be joining that conference as one of the speakers. So come join me and other professionals like Jeff Stewart, Real Croshaw, of course, the Kaylee Dunn, and others that specialize in this area of expertise. That conference is free. You're not going to want to miss it as it will absolutely help you to continue to choose healing, to choose recovery and to choose you. Take care, everybody.